Hello, everyone. I am Lindsay. Hi, Ruiz. And that, that is Maria. And we are two college, former college roommates. Um, and we are reviewing <laughs> the great white hype today. Um, I yes. have a degree in film and Maria has been doing reviews on movies for practically the past 20 years, right? Practically, yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So um, we are together today to review The Great White Hype. Um, the Great White Hype came out in 1996. It stars Samuel L. Jackson, um, Peter Berg, Damon Wayans, uh, um, Jamie Foxx, and a list of other people. Jeff Goldblum. He's in it as well. John Lovitz, uh, Chi Chimurin no. is in it. Yeah. A lot of yeah, very it's... recognizable comedians. Yes, yes. Um, quite a few people um, are in it, in this ensemble cast. And um, let's go on ahead and get into it. So um, the beginning of the movie takes place um, with them, with Damon Wayans as a boxer. Um, his name is Roper, and he, he is you on the ropes, right, right, and he is um, an undefeated boxer, and he heavyweight. has not heavyweight at that, right, and he has just knocked out um, his latest opponent. However, um, his promoter slash manager, who is played by. Um, Samuel L. Jackson's character, um, Reverend Sultan, I believe. Yes, yeah, Reverend Sultan, <laughs> one hell of a name. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the promoter um, basically finds out that they did not make any money off of this latest fight, even though they guaranteed Damon Wayne's character um, Roper ten million dollars. So. Um, he gets pressed by um, Roper for his money, and they, he tries to finesse him. Um, he's which, a manipulator. He is a master manipulator. Master manipulator. And um, with him trying to um, be this master manipulator and trying to finesse the situation, um, <laughs> we, get, <bless> you. <laughs> we get the impression that this is not the first that that has happened um so Roper is really pissed and he really wants his money um they're trying yeah, to because he's um, saying because he's saying time. buy him another some other like another another car whatever Rolls car Royce was. yeah he'll have like eight of yeah. them I was like oh god okay right right and so um Roper is not falling for it he wants his money which rightfully so, because he just was in the um, boxing ring getting getting um, toe up, even though he won. You know what I'm saying? So, um, doesn't work. So, um, he tries to still manipulate the situation. He's like, oh, yeah, just go sell all my jewelry, my house, my cars. Sell everything. Well, he starts off with, I love you. You're my brother. Yeah. Yes. 
Right. And so, um, you know, him trying to say, I'll just sell everything, you know, fire everybody. We'll go on to chapter 11 bankruptcy and then we'll settle with you for pennies on the dollar. So that kind of like messes with Roper's head, of course, for his money. So he's just like, you know, um, this is some BS, basically. And then, you know, um, his care. Um, what was his character's name again? Who? Uh, the preacher. Reverend Sultan. Yes, Reverend Sultan. Sorry. <laughs> so Reverend Sultan is, you know, pretty much finesses his way out the situation or whatever, and buys himself a little bit more time. And he comes up with this great idea because basically, um, the seats aren't selling, the um, pay per view isn't selling because they're tired of what he, in his words, he says, they're tired of niggas fighting niggas. Right. And the so, movie opens up with these two black scorpions fighting by the side of the road, right? Fighting, fighting, fighting. One scorpion kills the other one, but then they're both killed by a passing car. Right. Right, so you know that's a really big metaphor for the whole movie. <laughs> right, message. So, right, message. So, um, with this going on or whatever, um, he comes up with this idea that he needs to get a great white hope, which basically is a white opponent to fight Roper, and that would be people, you know. Um, in the seats, people buying the pay-per-view for them to have a really big payday. And when um, you suggested this movie, that's of course what I thought of uh, in the beginning. Because mm -hmm. if you're familiar with Jack Johnson, he was a boxer like in the early 1900s and uh, 1910s, 20s. And he was just beating everybody, right? right. Jack Johnson was you know, big black man beating everybody, dating, marrying white women, just being mm -hmm. rich, you know, whatever. And um, that's exactly what happened. They hired, you know, this Irish boxer literally called him the great white hope. Right. Uh, to fight Jack Johnson and Jack Johnson beat him. Beat the crap out of him. <laughs> right. And you know, it also happened again with um, Mike Tyson. I'm he not fought, surprised. Yeah, he fought an Irish guy. I forgot his name. But he fought that guy as well and beat the crap out of him. But well, What was um, that fight? Um, I'll have to go back and look at it. Yeah, um, it was before the movie. It was before yeah. the movie. Um, because the movie I was thinking of because in '97 he bought he bit. That's when he bit Evander. Right, right, <laughs> right. So, um, the movie is kind of loosely based on the Mike Tyson fight. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, and the movie is shot kind of like in a mockumentary style. So, um, and it kind of like. Uh, parallels this is spinal tap in certain ways mm -hmm. but um but yeah so they try to you know go through a bunch of white opponents um to see who will make sense with fighting roper um nobody made sense and then um one of the in, in, in the in that scene they're like reviewing like tapes of all these different fighters right Right. And so it's 96, so they're reviewing VHS tapes. And so uh, Marin is like, oh, I got a new assistant, you know, whatever. And he hired her because she's, you know, really cute. And her name is uh, Bambi, 
right? Mm-hmm. And she's played by Sally Richardson, who who's been in a lot of movies, but like yeah. one of my favorite roles of hers was like in Black Dynamite. Uh, <laughs> so good. But yeah. they were so mean to her, like all the time. Oh, yeah. But yeah, there's apology. Right. And she's the smartest one in the room. That's the crazy. And nobody stands up for her. Yeah. Which nobody. Which is crazy to me. Because, like, in that scene, she's like, well, I have an idea. And she's the one who comes up with the whole idea for the fight. Yes. And when she's like, they're like, shut up, bitch. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, right. Right. It was so random. It was so, it was random. so mean. And yeah. there's another scene, or it's later in that same scene where they get held up by, you know, the, the two who are trying to fight, trying to fight. Um, Roper, but they not fighting him because they consider them small time. Basically, mm-hmm. um, they you know they come through uh, Reverend Sultan's house with guns, hold guns on everybody. Reverend Sultan get his own security, and so you know they they win that, and so they leave or whatever. People are embarrassed or whatever, and mm-hmm. they cuss her out. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Right, like it was her fault. Like it's crazy. And then, right, and then, then like in the very next scene, uh. The character played by Cheech Marin, like Julio, gets like insulted by a reporter, and Reverend Sultan stands up for him. I'm like, y'all couldn't do that for Bambi. She's the entire reason this movie even exists, and y'all just let her just she just gotta catch it. Right. 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 But I mean, it just plays into the whole thing in real life. Like people have like women have gone through this for decades. You know what I'm saying? Like they let or not they let, but somebody takes the credit for their idea, and then they get insulted in the process. So, you know, like, this At least this let movie, her get like, back. This, a lot is, a, this there, is a like, comedy, you know what I mean? Let, 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 at least let yeah. her get back, you know? They could have done that, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Right, right, but I think the comedy is in the irony of the BX that's going on, you know what I'm saying? Because she is literally the smartest one in the room, you know what I mean? And after that, she never speaks again for the whole movie. (laughs) Right, right. So, yeah, that was crazy. But, um, but yeah, so they, um, I forgot where we left off at. Well, they're reviewing the fighting tapes and they, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. with the idea. Right. She comes up with the idea to, you know, go back and get the guy that beat Roper before he turned pro which was a white guy. And um, this guy who um, Peter Berg plays, his name is Terry Coughlin. He's in Cleveland as a um, indie rocker. Mm-hmm. He kind of sounds like a little bit of Soundgarden, a little bit of Nirvana. Yeah, like all rolled up into one. And he's a ladies man, but he cares about the homeless like big time. Supposedly. Supposedly, right. So... Um, they go to Cleveland, they go to one of his shows and whatnot, so they go backstage and they try to convince him to get back in the ring. Initially, he's reluctant, um, but because um, the Rev is a master manipulator and a great finesser, he does convince him. very dim. He is not a bright man. (laughs) No, 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 no. Not in the least. (laughs) But they do convince him to go on ahead and um, take the fight. Yeah, they tell him he'll be able to end the homeless problem. That's what they call it, the homeless mm-hmm. problem, which is like a, such a strange phrase to me. Right. Um, but they're like, you'll be able to end the homeless problem in America forever with $10 million. What? Right. <laughs> Not even in 96 would that be possible, no. but okay. <laughs> right. But he doesn't know. 
So he just he just heard ten million dollars, and in um, homelessness. So yeah. Um. So yeah. So he goes in ahead and takes the fight, and then they go to um, they go back to Vegas, and they start um, training him along with announcing that he is going to be the next person to fight Roper. Um, and one of the training scenes, just some of the things in this movie, like mm -hmm. I would, some of the lines are so offensive. Like I wouldn't yeah. not repeat them in public <laughs> or on the internet. Like, um, but in this particular scene where he's like mm -hmm. training, he's just beating this black guy who he's training with while wearing a Confederate flag shirt. And then he yeah. tells the he tells him stay down, boy. And I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But it also seems like he may just like be fake all around, have absolutely no kind of like no beliefs at all, really. Because he talks a lot about the homeless situation, homeless problem, and then he's also like, I hate racism. But then you're also doing this, like, what is real? <laughs> right. Right. It, it's so much contradiction in his character. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because it just really doesn't seem like he just really knows which way is up. You know what I mean? And he's not even Irish. And they're like, no, oh, the Irish, Irish Terry Conklin or whatever. Right. Right. Now, um, now I know like the person that uh, fought Tyson was Irish, mm -hmm. but I don't know too much about the history with Irish people. Like, are they like low key racist with black people or high key racist with black people, like yes, they are okay. So at that one point in American history, the Irish were not considered white. Yeah, right? uh, yeah, yeah. I did not. Irish that. and Italian people were not considered white, but once you know, whiteness was like we need to increase our ranks. Oh, Irish and Italian people can be white now. So, mm -hmm. you know, you get a lot of uh, people. Uh, there was a that whole stereotype about Irish people being policemen or whatever you know mm -hmm. you get ingratiated into the power structure and so yeah it can it gets super racist especially in places like boston yeah which boston is still and forever yes. will be known as a racist place and not I even gonna boston. go down that rabbit hole <laughs> no thanks yeah so um so then that, that makes all the more sense why they was like he needs to be irish irish yeah. so um because what the reverend is trying to do, he's trying to play onto the um, racism in America to sell this fight. Mm -hmm. Because it's a black man and a white man, and they and they want to see a white man beat a black man in boxing. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. this is one thing like the movie is really clear on. Like as, yeah. as it goes further, as it gets closer to the fight, you see more and more white people like in love with Terry, especially white mm -hmm. women. Like, in love with Terry, just a big fan. Can't wait to see him on the fight. Buying, betting on him in Vegas because it's all in Vegas. Yes. Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yes. So um, while this is going on, we have this uh, freelance um, journalist who ends up getting engulfed in the whole um, in the whole situation of the fight leading up to the fight and that's Jeff Goldblum's character which yeah. um, his name is Mitchell Kane. Mm -hmm. 
So, um, yeah, so he ends up working for them and he's part of the whole um he's part of the whole promotion crew. And he's a great he's a great finesser and manipulator as well. Well, and, at first he was doing a whole expose, right? Right. He was right. Gonna, he's gonna take Reverend Sultan down, this man of greed, da, 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 you know, whatever. And right. uh he's gonna confront him in his hotel suite, you know. And uh he sells out immediately. <laughs> right, right. Immediately. It was that click. And he like went right on into his role. No problem. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And he got really engulfed in it. So um he's a part of the crew now. And they are really trying to sell. So then we have like this whole little sequence of them really trying to sell this fight, trying to sell um what was his name again? Oh, Cochlin. Trying to sell Cochlin to the world. He's done all these covers. He's done these interviews. Um, they're playing up his looks. They're playing up his whiteness. And it is selling. It is working. You know. Um, meanwhile, <laughs> Damon Wayne's character, Roper, don't give a damn about this fight at all. He's like, I'm going to win because I'm black. And that just is what it is. Um, mm -hmm. He did he's not, not train so much. He did not train. Um, he's gotten fat. Visibly fat. And then, so, oh, God, they put this prosthetic tummy on him. And it's just yes. Prosthetic. All right. So then we get to the weigh-in. <laughs> and like he's, he like disappears for a good portion of the movie. Yeah, yeah. His, I'm just like, where, what's he doing? <laughs> right, right, right. Because like mainly the... The movie, for me, it's not about the fight. It's about what all entails to to build up to the fight. Because the fight is not that big moment in the fight movie. lasts 27 seconds. Right, right. <laughs> and then um, Damon Wayne's character really ain't needed that much in the movie. He's not, he's not the main character. Like, you know, it's just that just you would have thought he would have been like one of the main characters as he is the heavyweight champion, right? You know? Right, so it was just but, like, Where's the champ at? You know, right? But and, that just shows yeah. how much the, the situation has nothing to do with him, you know what I'm saying? He's just a prop to get to the main thing, which is what money, you know what I mean. Like we're using him to get to the money. We don't we don't need him to do nothing else but play his role. You know what I mean? So yeah. So he is yeah, he's not the main character at all. And then like like I said, he don't give a damn about about it. He just won his payday. He already is like, I'm gonna beat this guy. There's no point in my me my blackness can beat this guy. Right. My blackness can beat this guy. There's no point in me working out. There's no point in me staying in shape. I'm gonna sit here. I'm gonna smoke my cigarettes. I'm going to eat my ice cream. I don't care. And watch TV. And it was evident. Right. And watch TV. And it was evident because we get to the weigh-in. At the weigh-in, um, you know, Cochlin, he weighs in, no problem. Then Roper comes in, he has on his robe. He gets on the scale, takes his robe off, and everybody is visibly shocked. They gasp because this they're man, disgusted by him, honestly. Right, but this man has uh, gained uh, a whole lot of weight, and his stomach—he looks like he's a good six months pregnant. <laughs> it's the the prosthetics are just—I mean, honestly, 
there is no such thing as good fat prosthetics. It just don't exist. <laughs> right. Glenn says, I'm typing this, smoking a joint, eating ice cream, right? <laughs> that was a good time. Right. So, yeah, so um, he's just like, um, you know, he gets upset with the crowd because the crowd is looking at him in disgust. And so he takes the mic and he's just like, you know, I didn't give y'all all these championships and this how y'all gonna treat me. Well, mm -hmm. y'all can talk, y'all can kiss my uh fat ass, basically. <laughs> Cause I mean, honestly, he was still robbed of ten million dollars. Yes. Yes, he definitely and he's was. been putting his body on the line for all this stuff. Mm-hmm. He's yep. he's being cheated out of money by his promoter, you know, manager, right. or whatever. Yeah, so I, I mean, I'm with him. I wouldn't give a damn. Like, why do yeah. I have to keep fighting and I'm not seeing my money? And this ain't the first. I mean, that that fight wasn't the first time that that happened to him. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would be pissed too. You know what I mean? So yeah, so um, we get done with the weigh in or whatever, and so you know now they're leading. Now they're um getting ready for the fight. We're at the fight and. Um, the trainer that's training Cochran is just a racist asshole, basically. Right. And he's not a racist, Simon Englishman, and that made me laugh, right? He, <laughs> some of the, like some of the lines that he says are just like, right? Like, not they weren't even funny to me, they were just shocking. <laughs> they were shocking, right? Yeah, right, like right. Things, some of the things he said I had never heard before, mm -hmm. and I was like, I don't know for a fact, but this sounds like a slur against Turkish people. <laughs> right, right, and then Cochran calls him out on it. He's just like, "I'm tired of your racist ass." Basically, but I was basically, like, "Cochran, how are you going to call him out on this when you were beating up a black man while wearing a Confederate flag T-shirt, telling him to stay down, boy?" Mm -hmm. Right, right. Well, I guess there's levels to it. He's tired of his right. level of racism. It's okay when he does it, right? Right. <laughs> he's tired. He, he's tired of the overt racism. That's what right. it is. Um, you know, he calls him out on it again or whatever. Um, then they present him with white gloves, and there he's like, Really? But Jeff Gonbloom is like, Yeah, that's a nice touch. I like that. You know, use that or whatever. So, again, he's supposed to be I do Irish. appreciate that Jeff Goldblum, right? He's supposed to be Irish. That Jeff Goldblum spends so much of the movie reacting like just a normal person. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Just like, hmm, yeah. okay. And, like, right. you know. Right. Um, the only thing is, like, I was like, his character and storyline did not bear any weight on the movie at all. No, like, no, I feel like they just wanted him in a movie. Yeah, I feel like they just wanted him in a movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I mean, who doesn't like to look at Jeff Goldblum? So I get it, you know, but yeah, he was not needed, he was not needed one way or other, <laughs> but um, but yeah, so. He uh, so then he ends up walking out, and again, he's supposed to be Irish, so he they have him walking out with two leprechauns, two little people dressed up as leprechauns, exactly. And exactly. there's a line about them later that really just I was like, that Jeff Goldblum says, I was mm. like, I, I can't repeat this, <laughs> yeah, and it's like a throwaway line, mm hmm. But it's yeah, really, yeah, yeah. It, it's quite a few of them here. 
So, um, so yeah, so they walk out to that or whatever, and um, they get into the ring. Now it's time for Roper to walk out. Where's Roper? Where's Roper? Where's Roper? Oh, um, oh, Glenn says, What about the bro? <laughs> the bro, him? yeah, we didn't really talk about Marvin Shabazz and yeah. El Rukin. So that's Jimmy Fox as Hassan, right? Yeah, and then you have Michael Jace's Marvin Shabazz, although he kept. He reminded me of oh gosh, what's his name? Robin, this guy he played in um he's played a lot of stuff actually, but like one of the roles I remember him most for was in um <laughs> was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer like the last season, but uh-huh. um, Shabazz wants to fight him really really badly. Right, and he and he's the number one contender and rightfully so. You know what I'm saying? Um, he he was supposed to be the next one up. He was supposed to be the next one up, but. I get why he wasn't the next one up as well, but he couldn't tell him that reason why he wasn't the next one up, you know? Um, but I get, cause, yeah, yeah. And it wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have sold. It wouldn't have sold, especially how the, how the other, um, how the other fight performed. It wouldn't have sold. Like, again, niggas fight niggas. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it I wouldn't, in, the, in the universe of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So, um, but yeah, so they, uh, they're waiting, they're waiting for Roper or whatever. Roper is in his room in the back watching Dolomite. That's his inspiration movie. (laughs) That's his inspiration movie. And he's like, I'm not leaving till I see my part, you know. So, um, they're still waiting, um. Cochran is on in the ring and he starts, you know, hopping around. Talking about he's scared. He's scared. Where's he at? Blah, blah, blah. So somebody turns off Roper's TV. And that's what got His him coach. mad. Yeah, the coach. The coach turned it off and that's what got him mad. So now he's ready to go. <laughs> so he comes out there. This is my favorite part of the movie. He comes out and he has Method Man, um, rapping. Mm-hmm. That was and, I was like I had the whole like you know Tiffany New York Beyonce but Method Man you know right 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 yeah and he's rapping Bring the Pain mm-hmm. so that was like my favorite part of the movie yeah, I had never seen Method Man and like <laughs> there are like several points where he looks directly into the camera which is something mm-hmm. you're not supposed to do. At all, but you know, Method so Man, me. Method Man was wasn't like, an actor back then. He exactly. was full-time back then, you know. Yeah. So he didn't care, he didn't give a damn looking in his camera, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, and wish and wish a motherfucker would say something to him for looking into the camera, like, oh, so we're just gonna take this one take, and we're just gonna use what we got. That's yeah. it. <laughs> so he, uh, so yeah, so he walks out with Method Man singing "Bring the Pain." And he gets into the uh, he gets into the ring, you know. People are still like shocked that he's in the shape that he's in. Oh, and he has you know? black gloves. Yes, he has black gloves. So it's black gloves fighting fighting white gloves, you know. Um. So then uh, they meet up with the referee, and they're about to start the fight. They end up exchanging uh, words to where they're about to fight before the fight, and. The referee's like, no, wait until it's time to fight. So they ended up hitting gloves. 
And then they start fighting. And like you said earlier, the fight lasts 27 seconds. Roper knocks out Coughlin. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are pissed. Out. Right. Yeah. A lot of people are pissed. Um, oh, before this happens, excuse me. Um, Jeff Goldblum's character. Oh shoot, where'd it go? Um, Kane, he mm-hmm. ends up telling the Reverend that he signed Coughlin. So he's just like, oh, okay. You know, he the gets, whole time, that's a good like, idea. <laughs> the whole time, like, um, he's been more because he actually took the job from Julio, which was uh Cheech Marin's character, who was the PR rep for uh for Reverend Sultan. And so he got fired when they brought in uh uh Martin Kane, Jeff Goldblum's character. Mm-hmm. And he tells him he he finds him later on. Julio finds Martin later on. And he's like, you know, people aren't really happy with Reverend uh, Sultan's leadership. Whatever, you should take over, and you know, you can manage all these people, and then you can help me get my job back or whatever. So Martin is at least savvy enough to see the writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't need to work for him much longer after this fight because he, you know, uh, the dude is a, a manipulator and like terrifying. <laughs> like it's, right, right, and, right. You know. On purpose. So right. Right. So yeah, so he ends up um so he tells him that before the fight, and then they have this 27 second fight. Coughlin gets knocked out. So now um Jeff well Jeff Goldblum's character, um, Kane, he's left to pick up his face off the floor because you just signed this guy who clearly is not a professional boxer. Yeah, I was like, I hope you signed him for the music because right, because you'll probably get more money out of that than his mm-hmm. boxing career. So, um, so yeah, so all the white people, all their hopes and dreams of a great white hope have gone down the drain. Um, little happened. kid, the little kids that was in a wheelchair that thought that he was that he made to be able up. to walk again. Right. There was that whole press conference <laughs> where Martin was Martin got all these like this wheelbarrow fan mail, you know, we got all these letters because people just love him, just love you know Terry so much or whatever. And so right. he opens this one letter, this green sheet of paper, and he's reading about this kid who wrote him. He's like, Oh Terry, you're such an inspiration. I love you so much. If you win, I I'm in a wheelchair. If you win, I'll I'll even try walking again or whatever. And it was a blank sheet of paper. A blank sheet of paper. <laughs> but right. somehow but they got they some kid in a wheelchair to the fight. Right, right, with the flags and his all his hopes of drink of walking again are down the drain now. Darn. So yeah, so all the white people are mad, all the black people are happy. And, and I was yeah. even wondering, like, is that kid does that kid even really need a wheelchair? Or did they just hire like an actor? Because they're so like cynical with the things that they do. Mm-hmm. I was I was expecting at some point for them to reveal that this kid didn't necessarily need a wheelchair or something. I was thinking that the kid actually, like, they actually did find a kid, mm-hmm. you know, that um, mm-hmm. and just hired him for the evening. Yeah, just, just you know, gave him tickets to come, you know, to solidify this blank piece of paper, <laughs> you know, because I mean, he became this cultural phenomenon for the white race, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, uh, yeah. So Roper ends up winning. Um, white people are mad. Black people are happy, and that's basically the end of the movie. It was it a big dance party. Yes, the after the after very party. abruptly. 
Right. Yeah. The after fight part. Now, did you see the mid credit uh scene? Well, he walked out of the uh stadium. Yeah. Out, yeah, I saw that. yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, so um Cochlin walked out. Leprechauns. Right. He walked out with the two leprechauns with his head down once everybody left the arena. Cause they left him on the mat and the lights yes. were out. Yes, yes, like they were gone. They already cleaned up and everything. Um, now before they left, um, right after the fight, um, Jamie Foxx and uh, what was the guy's name? Uh, Shabazz. Shabazz. Yeah, and Jamie Foxx's character. What was his name? Jamie Foxx's character. Um, Hassan. They almost never call him by his name at all. Right, right, right. So Hassan and Shabazz, they both enter the ring and they start, you know, a scuffle. So Shabazz and Roper end up having a fight. And Shabazz, he <laughs> he knocks out Roper. Mm-hmm. So when that happens or whatever, that's when the Rev is like, Okay, we need to promote this right now. So that's a taste of what y'all gonna get in the next fight between Shabazz and Roper. Right. Like it was like it was planned, you know what I mean? So which I'm sure that fight will sell even more than the Great White Hope. <laughs> now, yeah. Yeah. So the Hope was a bunch of hype and you know, they lost. So um with this being your first time watching the movie, what did you think? I thought it was okay. Just okay. Just okay. I really mm-hmm. laughed out loud twice. Okay. And that was um, what the, Jamie Foxx. There's one point where at the fight right before they, um, right before Shabazz and Jamie's character like get into the ring, they're, you know, challenging him again outside of the ring, you know, talking or whatever. And, um, Jamie says something, and then Shabazz goes on to talk. You can see Jamie in the corner of the of the of the shot, because somebody calls his name. Because there's this whole thing that he's been camera shy. He's now he's no longer camera shy, and mm. somebody calls his name, whatever, and he starts posing. Like, <laughs> and it was just it was just very funny and like very like young Jamie Fox. Like you could totally see him doing this on the TV show. Right, right, right. You know, um, that part made me laugh for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then like I said earlier, the security guard that just broke out into dance. Yeah, the security that shit was guard Yeah, it was totally random, but I, I that would that did make me laugh. But the rest yeah. of it, I was just like, it, it didn't really make me laugh, and I was in the mood. I yeah, was yeah, ready, yeah. you know. But right. it was just like okay, it was just okay, and then there were now, just like these lines laugh. that were like super shocking, and I was just like, yeah, that's not funny to me <laughs> like right, shock right. humor may be funny for other people and that's fine but it just didn't it's just it just was just like took me out of it to me because i was like oh my god like because it was completely unexpected right like you couldn't imagine this was acceptable at one point you know so, i don't imagine uh, that it was acceptable i'm pretty sure it was in there to be like shocking you know humor or whatever right, but i think it's like even more shocking now in the climate that we're in now, I think it's like 10 times more shocking now. Yeah. Well, I mean, even with like what with some of the things that were happening in the movie, it just it would just felt like total like a out of field step. I was like, what? Because mm-hmm. it was just like 
offensive jokes about things that didn't matter to the movie at all. Yeah. We made like throwaway lines or whatever. And I was just like, why did we say that? Like, why? Right, right. And at least with um, Terry's coach, you know, we get the whole thing that he's a racist. So he's going to say these things. Right, right, right. But when Jeff Goldblum says what he says about the little people who are dressed as leprechauns, I was like, what? <laughs> and then, like, it seemed completely out of that character. Mm. You know, uh, considering his, ho- even though he like sells out his whole thing before that, though, was like, you know, trying to be this, you know, uh, investigative reporter or whatever. So for him to make that comment like that, even at that point, even though he's like turned or whatever, I was just like, that was, uh, what? Where did that come from? Like, mm-hmm. he kind of displayed that kind of. Um, verbiage before, so I was like, "Oh, okay, uh, all right." I don't know why we did that. Right, right, right. Now, one thing I did, um, I did laugh out loud at, um, was when they were talking about the broham. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. That was funny. Yeah. The, the Merlot broham, and right? Then, uh, what is a broham? You know all that stuff, and uh, and then like, well, because oh, because when they when Shabazz and uh, Jamie like. Crash Reverend uh, Sultan's like little house. They come in there, you know, guns blazing or whatever. And mm-hmm. Reverend Sultan eventually gets a hold of the situation and he promises, he's like, We'll get you a Merlot. We'll get you another Merlot Broham. He's like, I don't want another Merlot Broham. <laughs> you know? Right. And he, he promised him another, but what killed me was that he promised him another Broham. So I looked up the Broham, right? Mm hmm. This movie came out in 96. They stopped making Brohams in 92. So for you to offer him a car that's been out of production for four years. A custom one. At a that. custom one with fully loaded. I'm like, no. Why are you trying to bribe me with another Broham? I already got a Broham. Give me something else. Like <laughs> something that's new off the lot, you know. Right, like something in 1996. What you really are trying to bribe me with a four-year-old car, at least that like, or something wow. very classic. It is the classic car. I mean, now, but at the time, at the time it wasn't. You know. Right, right. At the time it wasn't. So um he says swear you had to Google it. I just go I Googled it for the years. I knew what a bro ham was, though. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't know. know. I'm not, was. like, too into cars. I knew it was a car, but that was about uh-huh. it. But I'm not really yeah. into cars and stuff like that, so I don't really... <laughs> yeah. If you pointed one out to me, I'd be like, oh, okay, sure. Like, I'm <laughs> right, right, not right. a car person, but I knew it was a car. Right, right. My dad had a bro ham when I was a kid, so, yeah. But, um, but yeah, but no, I looked up the years on it. Because I was just like, I'm sure that was out of production, buddy. <laughs> and it was. But, um, but yeah. So, uh, let's see. Let me pull up some stats. Um, yeah. Can you see this movie being made? Um, again? Not really, no. Yeah. I feel like it would have to be extru- to, it's so different that it would not it would be a completely different movie. Yeah. And apparently, um, from what I did research, was that the mo- the screen um, writer was a white guy. And mm-hmm. the script that he presented and, this- and what we saw 
was almost totally different. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me see. Where's the week? Wikipedia. Okay. Yeah. John Reese Davies is the guy who played uh who played uh Terry's coach. And I was like, what? Because like he was Gimli in Lord of the Rings. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. He's been in Gargoyles, he was in SpongeBob SquarePants. I'm pretty sure he's been in Star Wars. Like he's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah. Excuse me. Glenn says, um, I still want a fully loaded one. Merlot with a champagne color rag top. Ooh. All right. That is very specific. Yeah. <laughs> All he right. has a dream. Right. So um the fight that it's um that is um the reference point was Mike Tyson's 1995 return fight versus Peter McNeely. Oh. Um the box office was only eight million, but I don't know the budget. Hmm. Uh, and then um this was Samuel L. Jackson's first movie after Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I could tell that. I could yeah. I got that feeling very fresh off of Pulp Fiction. Oh my god, yeah. that wig they had on him. Jeez Louise. Oh, uh, the wig was terrible. The wig was terrible. And then they do reference Pulp Fiction in the movie too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel like the only reason they even had that wig on him was to like give that illusion to Don King, you know? Yeah. 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 There was they, no reason to have him in that wig. No. It it may it, like he didn't even touch it. Like, why why are we here? You know, um, but yeah, uh, let's see. Wow. But yeah, yeah, the box office only made eight million. Um, let me see what the budget. If I can find the budget. Sure. Let's see here. Yeah, the budget was eight box. Oh, so they made eight million at the box office. How much was the budget, right? Mm-hmm. Wow, and that was uh US and Canada eight million. No gross worldwide was eight million eight thousand two hundred and fifty five. Yeah, so mm. um looks like the budget was sixteen million. Wow. Yikes. Uh I'm mm. that's what it's looking like. Yeah, it's saying inflation. Well, what I'm seeing here is inflation adjusted domestic box office for six mm -hmm. Sixteen point two. So I guess if it were today, it would have made sixteen point two in today's money, which is like okay. incredible, right? Right, right. Well, yeah, that's that's all I can find on the um on the budget, yeah. but um, yeah, um, let's see. Um, I pretty much chose this film this week because um. I enjoyed it when I watched it back then. Um, what drew yeah. me to the film was the soundtrack because 
Bone Thugs, Bone Thugs and, and Harmony. <laughs> They're on the soundtrack. Um, their their song is played in the um, end credits after the mid credit um, scene. Mm-hmm. So um, their song is called "Shoot 'Em Up," and um, their longtime collaborative producer um, DJ Unique he does a lot um, of production on this soundtrack. So he has to have his proteges, you know, on the soundtrack, you know. Um, but yeah, that's what drew me to the film was the soundtrack. Yeah. But you know, I enjoyed it, and then I probably haven't seen it since I was a kid. So to watch it now, um, it was like I knew the gist of it, but it was kind of like watching it for the first time again, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, how long ago was nineteen ninety six? Right. We're not gonna count the it's years. Not, we're not it was a while ago. Okay. Yeah, we don't want to give our age. <laughs> I'm forever young. I'm 29, so I don't know. I don't know, man. Right. And yeah, so that means we're that both. So this I'll, movie I'll just, I was like two or three years old when this movie came out. Right. <laughs> they were playing it in my crib. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like my thing is like they have they do have a really great cast and another thing about it with Damon Wayans like this is like I was just surprised because he's such you know he's he's such a great comedic force and everything for him mm-hmm. not to be in the movie for so long was kind of surprising to me um yeah. it felt disjointed to me a lot of the time like they had some good ideas but they couldn't make them cohesive yeah. Um, so I would have enjoyed it more if you could make like a little bit more of a cohesive storyline with a little bit more consistent character. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like a whole story. Uh, it doesn't need to be a drama. I just need to understand like why Terry is so against racism and wearing mm-hmm. <laughs> black t-shirt. Right. And why is he so for homelessness? Like why homelessness of all things? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we get yeah. homelessness is bad, but. But no, why is this what he's on? You know what I mean? If he's like just a fake virtue signaler, cool. But right. like, I'm not sure. Is the movie sure? I, I don't yeah, know. Because yeah, yeah. he seems sincere when he speaks. But then you mm-hmm. have to see with the Confederate t-shirt. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Confused. I would think if he was more fake, then it would probably be something different every time that you talk to him. That, that would have been yeah. funny. Now they did have that that scene like right after that, where they're asking him about um, how does he like Las Vegas? You know, he was like, "Oh, mm. it's the most fake place." You know, and he will not stay stay still for the and he's like, right. "Oh, the way the women are exploited here is so terrible, whatever." And they're like, "But you were on Playboy." He was like, "Yeah, but I didn't like it." Right. Like if they had a little bit more of that, just a little bit. I was I, right. I was like, Right, and then from the first scene that we saw him with the woman, mm-hmm. and now you're so for women's rights midway through the movie. It's like, it's what changed? Right. right. What's really Again, real? He's not that bad. Right. He's like, what I'm doing ain't as bad as what y'all doing. There's levels to this. You know what I mean? I guess. So, I guess that's yeah. a justification. We will never Right. Know. Right, right, right. Right, because I guess Vegas is full of throttle, and he was like halfway. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> he cannot wait to go back to Cleveland. So I was like, okay. Oh, right. Because Cleveland is the city where he come from. Yeah. <laughs> the, people, the people are real, you know. All right. 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 The real genuine people, you know. Yeah. So um, 
So yeah, um, I could see this movie being made um, in present day, mm-hmm. but like you said, they would have to do something totally different with the script, and they would really have to drive in the point. Um, but I could see, I could see them bringing the point, um, bringing the point home in a successful way. And making it relevant to today's times. Because it is speaking to something. You know what I mean? For sure. 100%. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, first of all, they have a lot of characters. And they don't really integrate don't them them. together. Like, because like some characters, like I'm saying with Damon Wayans. And then also some other ones, like John Lovitz. Like they just kind of disappear. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. why? why? What happened to them? <laughs> right, right, right. Right, because like Jeff Goldblum, um, um, John Lovitz, Cheeks Marin, like those three right there didn't we didn't really need them, yeah. And and John Lovitz and Cheech Marin are like known, like very good comedians, so like where are their scenes, right? Right, right, right. right. I was ready for that, right? No, no, they didn't use them, uh, they didn't utilize their talents like they should have. You know, um, but like if they were to do a remake, they're those are not needed. So yeah. Um so yeah. So our um rating system is one movie reel is trash AF, two, it exists, three entertaining, four great, five a true classic. Maria, what say you? I'm gonna say two. Two. Why two? Because it wasn't that entertaining for me, right? Okay. I'm looking. I'm looking at the the cast and everything, and I'm like, okay, it's like it's gonna be a good time, kind of a parody, like you were saying with um, uh, what was on with the rock band? Uh, final. This is the final. Spot, tap. Like, final tap. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a little sprinkling of you know, uh, social commentary or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I literally laughed two times. Yeah. And there was a point where I was like, how much more do I have left? <laughs> yeah. You know, I think you could definitely, it, it seems like they they have too, too much in the cast, right? They can't put it together. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, there are probably, like, a lot of scenes cut out. Okay. It seems like, you know, and I was just, <sighs> I wanted to like it more than I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna give it a three. Um, it was entertaining. It was entertaining. Um, but it did have a lot of flaws in it, like you pointed out. Um, like we both pointed out through this whole review, you know, um, to where if they were to try to revisit, they would have to iron out a lot of things. Yeah, and, you know? and focus better on right, right. We we would need a clear tunnel vision. To get to the end, (laughs) utilize your comedic actors, all of them, or just have less of them. Right, right. You know, Um, but yeah, um, for me it was entertaining. Then again, you know, I'm here for the soundtrack, more specifically for Bone. Bone, yeah, right. So, um, so that. Is the great white hype? Um, next time, what will we what will we be reviewing? 
We're going to be reviewing The Mummy, the classic 1999 adventure film starring uh-huh. Brendan Fraser. Okay. I cannot believe you haven't seen this movie. No. Oh. I'm not. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. You get to see it for the first time. Okay. What's it, it on? It's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. Hulu. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you've got Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weiss. Um, you'll recognize them immediately, I'm sure, once you see it. Um, but it is it is a solid movie. Like I've seen it pretty recently. I was like, this actually holds up. Okay. Yeah. And I remember seeing it in the theater. Yeah. I liked it then. And then there are, of course, like some sequels that we do not need to get into. But this one. Right, because letting um the rock's first acting gig, the sequel. Was that his first acting gig? It, well, it wasn't. It, it was one of the sequels. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, I think his was actually supposed to be like a prequel. Okay. It, yeah. And the special effects in that one are, oh, oh my God, they're so bad. That's the score. Were they bad back then or are they bad? They were bad they back then. It? They were bad back then. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. So, Maria, where can we find you? You can find me online everywhere as Valar More Dollars, as V A L A R M O R Dollars, because all men must pay. And I'm also on a podcast called Nerdgasm Noir, where we're five black women talking about nerdy and geeky and tech and anime and film and books and all kinds of stuff. Uh, we're going to be rebooting pretty soon, so you need to go ahead and get subscribed to the podcast. Make sure you make sure you're following us on Twitter. We also have a Discord. You can find that on our Twitter too. Head over there because it's about to be popping. Okay. Do you have a um, Do you have a release date? I don't yet. Okay. Well, we have we have plans. Okay. Cool. 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 Um, you can find me everywhere at L underscore Renell. That's L underscore R A N E L L E. And I also have another podcast as well called The Ish We Talk, and we just talk about you know various topics. Which I'll talk and about. We talk about the Ish. Well, this past weekend, we did our first mukbang, and um, we talked about people owing us money. Mm. So, um, like, like, reparations? No, no, we didn't go into reparations. Uh, That's a, that's a different, that's a different um, day. People owing us money. (laughs) No, we mean, like, like, can I borrow such and such? And... Mm. Like, do you have rules to people owing you money? Um, what's the appropriate time to address it if they do owe you money? Like, what's the most that you um, lent out? Did you get your money back? Will you want them to piece you back? Like, just various things about people owing you money. So, yeah, it was I, an interesting topic. For me, I don't lend. I just give it. If I have it, I'll just give it. I don't, yeah. Because I don't want to have to deal with that whole, like, when are you going to be paying back? How much are you right. going to pay back? Are we doing this? I don't want to do all that. Just please just take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what's the most you've ever lent out? Um, Probably not more than 150 or so, but I don't lend, right? Okay. So I'm just giving what I can, what I can deal with not having. Okay. So the most you've ever given out was about 150. Probably. Okay. You know, okay. we're not doing big bucks over here. I'm sorry. Yeah, we had a couple of guests. One of them was my sister, and that's you kind of sound like her because um, she doesn't lend out that much. 
And the most she's ever lent out was $50. Yeah. Because she just, like, but then in the same breath, she doesn't really get asked. I don't know what it is with people with no kids, but they feel like we have a lot of money. We don't. So (laughs) I get asked a lot. The reason we don't have kids is because we don't have a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I am broke. So anybody that wants to borrow money from me, I'm broke. Okay, think about yeah. that. I am broke. My friends, like everything else we, you see, I am broke. We like to say we cash out the same $50 like every few weeks or whatever, you know? Right, right, right. Like, I I have a brother <laughs> who asked me to borrow like $20 and then pay me back like in the next couple of days. And sometimes I just let it sit there until he asks me again. Cause I'm like he's he's coming back to ask for it yeah. again. So yeah, yeah. I just um, when people I will specifically say, hey, can I borrow blah blah, blah mm-hmm. and I will pay you back this date. Right, so right, 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 right. I I pay people back that date, or maybe yeah. the next date I've forgotten. But I always pay people back pretty, you know, when I say I'm going to. Um, right. Now, if I'm saying I just need the money, I'm just gonna say, can I have? Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Make a clear distinction. You right. know. So. And I have but, tried to pay people back, and they'd be like, "No." Yeah. You can. You know. I was like, "Oh, really? Oh, okay." Yeah. Yeah, but if I do that, then I just I say that from the jump, like just here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or I'll just pay for something. You know what I mean? But um, but yeah, no um. Yeah, like my whole thing, I the most I've ever um, lent out was about a thousand, mm-hmm. and I eventually got it back, mm-hmm. but I got it back out of an argument. Yeah, see, yeah. So, um, the argument didn't have nothing to do with the money, but the argument was the demise of the relationship. Mm-hmm. So I got my money back. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. That's why I be, especially if I'm giving, yeah, I'm just keep it. I don't want to have to deal with it. Yeah. Anything yeah. extra. Because we only help. We I mean this economy is insane. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It we ain't knocking nobody because like everybody, mm-hmm. everybody has had to ask whether you get a loan from the bank or a loan from a person. Everybody has needed a loan one time or another. So it is no judgment on that. It was just like, you know, how do you deal yeah. with it? You know. Yeah, I just want to keep my relationships. So that's yeah. another reason why I'm just like, no, nah, just have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll ask you yeah. for fifty dollars some other time. So don't worry about it. Right, 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 right. So, but yeah, um, yeah. So that's what we talked about. Um, so, um, I want to thank you guys for tuning in today. Um, yes. to Romy's review of the movies, leave and a like, as, leave a comment, share it, yes, subscribe, yes. click the bell, all that stuff, right? Leave, a, leave us a review as well. Um, and then, um, uh, we will see you guys next time for The Mummy. Yes, bye, bye.